0: This is Abhilasha Chauhan and you are listening to Startup Tuesdays. In this episode 7, I'll be talking to Julian, who is partner at J.P. Bullhunt. J.P. Bullhunt provides advice on mergers and acquisition and institutional capital raising in the technology sector. They have offices in London, Stockholm and San Francisco. J.P. Bullhunt is recognized as one of the leading investment banking teams solely focused on the technology sector. Julian is head of German office and advises technology companies on late-stage growth equity fundraises and exits. If you prefer to watch this talk, you'll find the links below in show notes. So let's get started. Thanks for your time Julian. Please tell us a little about yourself and GP Bullhand.
1: Good morning to Berlin. Uh, thank you for asking me Uh, the questions. Um, GP Bullhound is a leading uh, global technology investment bank. We are advising internet companies, software companies, technology companies on later stage fundraises and exits. So we advise the leaders of the tech uh, scene and um, we have offices in London, Stockholm, San Francisco, Manchester and here in Berlin. So we um, cover the Western tech hubs, and we do a lot of global tech M&A deals. And um, my main focus is on advising German, um, Swiss, and Austrian companies on fundraisers and exits. And my personal background is um, from technology. I have been an entrepreneur um, in the first half of my business life. Um, I sold the company to a leading competitor after I grew it to 120 people. Then I joined a sister company of the buyer, an internet service provider, and we sold that in the year 2000 to Tiscali, a pan-European internet service provider. And then we did some add-on acquisitions. So I have done several deals on the, on the um, entrepreneur side and management side before changing 2008 to technology investment banking
0: what do you think what should one know before starting a business
1: if you want to start a business you have to know that's a long way to go it's very unusual that you start your business and you sell it after two years Um, it can happen but this is not the norm the norm is that you have to build up the business from scratch for five years eight years maybe ten years before you sell it or you don't sell it and you keep on running the business for a very long time that means You have to have a lot of power and strength to build up the business and you start from zero you have a lot of groundwork and you cannot be shy to do the dirty work the detailed work because there is no employee in the beginning Um, there is maybe a co-founder two co-founders and you start together you start to raise some money but it's a very long way to go and there's also a way to um, without earning much money in the beginning. So before you have maybe a larger A round raised, um, business angels, early stage investors will not pay you a lot of money. So I think you really have to know that the first years, everything is about the business, nothing is about the private life.
0: Okay, so who should start a company? How could one decide if he's the right person to do it? And is it worth doing?
1: Um, I Think the founder profiles are very diverse You have to see that you could be an engineer with a great idea and you start your own business around this idea This is probably the ideal scenario um, that you have a technology idea that is outstanding and Maybe a co-founder or someone that starts the business with you that is more the business person So you have like a tech person and a business person together. I think at nowadays it's better to have a team of founders starting a company. Um, A single person starting a company um, puts even more workload on the single person. So I think it's great to have a team of two or three, um, that you have some free manpower in the beginning, um, that you don't have to pay the first or second employee, but you have like two or three that are in the same boat. They are the founders. They have to work for equity. And they have to work for the success of the business and not for the salary. So I think you should start it in a team. Um, and you should be able to sacrifice your private life for two or three years. So I think it's probably not the right time to, for example, start the business after you starting to have a family. So if you have two young kids, it's probably the wrong time to start your business because then you have the difference between uh, the, the challenge between managing your private life. And your business life. So I think you need to have a situation where your environment, your friends, the partners will fully support you, the family, um, and will accept that for the next two to three years you will have nothing else to talk about than your own business.
0: So what are some common mistakes founders must avoid?
1: There are of course a lot of mistakes you can make um, when you start your business. I think a big mistake is to underestimate how long it takes. To underestimate how long it takes to convince clients, employees, and investors. So you have to have a view on the reality: how really, really, long, how long it really takes. For example, to raise an early stage funding. Um, how long it takes to win the first clients, how long it takes to really get the product ready for the launch. And I think people are very optimistic in the beginning and they underestimate the complexity to really build up a company. Second, uh, I think a big mistake is often also being done to not find the right balance in the early stage funding. If you raise too much and you give too much equity away, you end up being a founder with a very small equity package later on because you have another A round and B round coming. On the other hand, if you raise too little money and you kind of bootstrap the business, um, then you might run out of money before you can prove that the company will be successful. And if you have an early stage situation, you raise some money from business angels, and then you raise money again. but don't have the proof yet that the product is great, that you have customers, that you have market traction, it gets difficult to raise the next round. So you have to find the right balance between having too little money and also giving away too much equity and having too much money in the business. It's a very fine line. And it's, um, I think this is tricky, but important
0: to, to keep a look at. Okay, what are the things that have surprised you about great founders who built Companies?
1: I think I have. Uh, what surprises me most is how much ambition and power they have, and they really die for their ideas. I mean, they, they write, they work night and day, weekends, they don't think about private lives, sports, or anything, they just want to build the business. And you need to have this motivation and um, um, inspiration to build the business. So um, I'm really surprised how, how much power people have that grow their own business.
0: What do you think when should have found a raised capital?
1: I think you need different stages. So you have to have an early stage round um, with seed capital, maybe business angels, um, experienced other entrepreneurs. Um, you need this money early on. But if you have enough financial private resources to do that, when you have a first demo or a first mock-up and you have to something to show, then it's probably the best time to raise early stage business money, because if you have only a concept and a business plan, it's very theoretical and it's nicer to have something to play with, um, a software, uh, website, um app, just a basic version that people can see how it looks and feels like. Then once you have done the business angel round, You start building up the business, you finalize the product, you launch the product, and then it's the next opportunity to raise. So an A round you should raise when you have traction and when you can show that people are using your solution, using your service, and you need money to scale up the business. And then the next round, B and C rounds, whenever you need it. Um, For example, one solution could be with the A round, you tackle and you approach the customers in your home country and um, once you have decent traction and you see that it's working, you can risk the next round to bring the product or the um, solution global, to like translate it into other languages, to hire country-specific teams in other languages, maybe open up uh, other countries' offices in other countries. And so, but then you should have traction in the home country to show that this product has turnover and customers and you have the KPIs like, you know, what's the customer acquisition costs, what's the customer lifetime value expectation, how high is the churn, and then it's a good way to raise a new round.
0: What are the milestones they need to hit in order to ensure a successful race?
1: I explained it a little bit in the other question already, but maybe just to be very precise, if you have an early stage seed round, it would be nice to have a demo or a mock-up or something, not only the business plan. If you want to raise an A round, um, you should have first market traction and first KPIs, like usage, um, customer acquisition costs, um, churn rate, If you raise a B round, you should have substantial revenues in one or two or three countries where it's probably the quickest wins. And then with the B round, you globalize and internationalize. Um, And a C round or trade sale would be in place once you have decent traction, high revenues, hopefully profits already, then it's the time to sell the business.
0: Okay, so... What are the best ways to connect with angels or VCs?
1: I think if you do not have a network, it's probably a little different, difficult to find angels and VC investors. I think a good way is either to go to trade shows and conferences where they are speakers, and you approach them and talk to them. Um, like TechCrunch Disrupt, like in Germany or in Europe, it's a NOAA conference. It's a web summit in Dublin, so there are a lot of angels, and um, you do um, meet them, and you can approach them. Another opportunity is to find someone who is well-connected, so to have a very early stage investor uh, that gives you some seed money but knows the other investors. So it's someone that is a door opener and can say, I invested in the company, so please, business angel ABC, take a look at it, or Dear venture capital investor, look at this great business, I'm invested, why don't you do the follow on investment? So I think to have someone who knows the financial investor community is very helpful and maybe you can find someone with the network that comes on board early
0: stage. What's more important, the idea, the team or both?
1: That's a very difficult question, what's more important? I personally think a great team with a bad idea will not succeed. Same the other way around. If it's a very good idea, but a very bad team not executing it well, it also will not work. So I think you need both. And I think in terms of prioritizing, I would say you should have a decent idea. Not, it doesn't need to be the most excellent idea on earth and a very good team um, fighting for this idea and adopting the idea to the market demand. And even if the idea is existing somewhere else, if it's a very good team, they can execute it better and gain more market share and probably um, be ahead of the competition very fast.
0: What do investors look for in early-stage startups?
1: I think investors in early-stage startups look for the right combination of a really good idea. Um, First, market traction or, um, let's say, provable customer demand and um, a good team that can execute it and which they trust and uh, a team they know that they will be successful.
0: Okay, what spaces you are most excited by in terms of investments?
1: Um, I mean, we are really, And the part I am working with is advising internet software and tech companies on late-stage funding rounds and exits. So I am pretty not the right person to ask about the greatest sector for early-stage funding. I can tell you what I see and what I think are interesting areas. A lot of money is currently floating into fintech startups. Uh, That's a big thing. Um, I think there is a market for that it's maybe already a little overcrowded now this wave goes into insurance tech um, so all the disruption of the insurance industry also lots of money flows into there lots of startups I think promising because the industry is ready for disruption still it's probably not that easy um, as some people think to grow a fintech company because you need a lot of money to really get market share and traction. Um, if you look into the virtual reality space Virtual reality is very early in the market cycle. I think there's a lot of challenges ahead to see how people use it, what's the real use case, is it more virtual reality or is it augmented reality? I think this is an interesting sector. Um, But you need to have a good idea that really monetizes and is able to monetize. Um, I think also very interesting is B2B software to show um, that companies and large corporates Will use other smaller software vendors to solve a problem in a special field. Let it be shift management, scheduling, or task management, which is already a big thing. Or Slack, for example, the business communication inside the enterprise. That's an interesting sector, and I think also a sector that has a lot of opportunity. And then, if you look at the app economy. I think there are still consumer apps in the app stores that can be easily um, promoted worldwide. If you have a super outstanding idea or a great game or something totally new um, you can get market share and traction um, but you have to have something special because the app stores are overcrowded and it's easy to develop an app but it's difficult to make it a worldwide success. So I think you have to have very good ideas to be successful and I think with the right idea and the right team, you can, you can make it everywhere in every space.
0: Okay, so how do you assess if the startup has big potential?
1: Um, I think because we advise C rounds, um, we already see the traction. What we look at is, is it possible to bring this company to other countries? So if it's a local, one market, one home market leader, we have to see, can this be an international company? Can we internationalize this business? For early stage uh, companies, um, it's a little harder to tell because I'm not the early stage investor. So I would say you have to see, is there worldwide demand? Is there worldwide um, traction possibility? How expensive is it to win customers? How sticky are this the product? So do customers use the service or the product for long? Um, for example, an idea which was, was, was relatively new in Germany is um, organizing um, house movements. So if you want to have a mover, um, there are now two startups that are disrupting the market um, and they try to be a big competitor and lead generation company for um, movers. And It's a big market and um, they scaled up to Movinga, for example, has 350 employees now after I think two years and so that's not outstanding success let's see how um, long-term this uh, works um, and if it can be transferred to other countries um, if it's a sustainable business model but it was something that caught me by surprise Um, pretty traditional market old companies and um, freight forwarders movers but now being disrupted by an end-to-end solution business so I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I probably wouldn't have thought that it's a good place to start your company, but it seems to be a successful place to be in.
0: Finally, if you could give one piece of advice to someone thinking about starting a startup, what would it be?
1: I think the one advice is find a co-founder to start the company with and do it. Don't stop. Don't wait. Start your own business.
0: Okay, that's all for today. Thank you so much for the chat.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very much.
0: So next week, I'll talk with Kelly Murray. Kelly is a really interesting person. She's head of communication at Bitcraft Holding and writes about different startup ecosystems at berlinstartupgirl.com. As always, come back and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. To stay updated with all the latest happenings, you can follow me on Twitter. You'll find the link in show notes. That's all for today. Goodbye till next time.